find a part of it that you love. You know, that one piece that you love, whether it be just searching for the house, whether it be listing the house, staging the house, find that part that you love and then focus on that and then build the rest from there because you got to have a foundation. So for me, it's finding that house that's the one. Welcome to the House Rich Podcast, a show dedicated to the professional development of anyone involved in the home buying or selling process. I'm James Walters, your host, and I believe that when we level up our knowledge and skills, we'll serve our clients better, create stronger communities, and see our businesses grow beyond what we ever thought possible. If this is your first visit to the show, thanks for stopping by and be sure to come back each week for fresh content from industry pros. I want to thank you for doing this interview. When I saw you on social media, I said, okay, this guy's doing something different from what a lot of other people are doing. You've got a great brand. And I respect that because I I was in the world for like 25 years where branding did make a lot of difference. And I think people overlook it in your business to some degree because there's a lot of noise out in the real estate world. There are a lot of people competing for clients. And when you make a brand, it helps you stand out. How did you come to be the Bowtie House Hunter? So I started in the car business. I left for a very short time and went into banking. And then I came back to the car business. Most of my career, I worked at General Motors, but Chevy specifically. Chevy's emblem is the Bowtie. I also am probably third generation to work for Chevy. Oh. I had, okay. I'm from the Midwest and I had family that worked in the factories and things like that. So Chevy runs deep in my family, but uh, I needed something to stand out on the sales floor. And so I came up with the bow ties. Nice. And so I started wearing bow ties because you had to wear a shirt and tie if you were not in a branded shirt. Okay. And so the bow tie kind of stuck. And when I went into real estate, one of my mentors at the time told me, he said, man, you got to figure out a way to incorporate the bow tie. And so I was always hunting houses. I was always with buyers. I was running around and the Bowtie House Hunter just kind of came about. And in fact, the guy who did my logo is he grew up with us. He's my little brother's best friend. Okay. And he's a graphic designer and he came up with the logo and I loved it. First draft. And so now I put the logo on everything. That's great. That's unusual to love something just first time you see it. You sometimes think, oh, I'd, I'd tweak it this way, I'd tweak it that way. But if you saw it, you fell in love, then that's magic. Yeah. And, and I think it really came because we knew each other. I've known him his whole life. So, you know, he just knew what I would like. Yeah. He knew what you were about. And that's really great. Now, how long ago was that, that you started real estate? So I started real estate as an agent three years ago. Okay. I did a little property management before that. I grew up in the Midwest. My family had uh, apartment buildings, different things like that, rentals. So I'd always kind of dabbled in it, but I just took the time to actually get my license three years ago. Okay. Now, what brought you from the Midwest to North Carolina? College. Okay. College. Yeah. I mean, you can throw a stone in Raleigh and hit three schools. Right. So my uncle is a retired federal judge. He taught at NC State, Shaw, and St. Aug. Oh, wow. Um, so I got to go to all three. Okay. Um, I got my degree from St. Aug, but I got to take most of my core classes at state and some electives at Shaw, things like that. And my wife is from a little dirt road here in Oxford, North Carolina. And so uh, we met when we were in school and the rest was history. 
Nice. So that's what kept you here. That's what kept me here. So you, school brought you here. Your wife kept you here. Yeah. That's great. And so as her family's here, is your family still in the Midwest? Yeah. Most of my family's still in the Midwest. In fact, I've got quite a few siblings. We're spread all over the place. But uh, yeah, in fact, her parents live around the corner from us now. Okay. Which helps with the kids. Yeah. Back to the branding, back to being the Bowtie House Hunter. When did you start seeing people recognize you for that? Like people were coming to you, oh yeah, I heard about you. Or when did you start getting comments? It's actually been more recently. Okay. You know, I've got the logo on the back of my truck. I've got t-shirts, sweatshirts, things like that. I'll be in a grocery store and a guy will be like, hey man, I've seen your truck before. (laughs) We were actually in North Raleigh not too long ago, picking up something and guy walked out of his house two houses down and yells, JC Moore, the Bowtie House Hunter. <laughs> and my son goes, who do you know out here? Like what? And I was just, and he knew me from social media. So yeah. it's slowly organically catching on. That's really great. And that that's how I experienced you for the first time was through social media. Now you do follow up the brand with a lot of content. I've noticed that. And so you didn't just put the logo out there and say, hope people recognize your face is on a lot of the pictures of the homes that you've got listed. You do videos a good bit. And so you're really participating in the brand, whereas I've seen people in the past, even on social, they'll sort of put the brand out there, but almost like put their hand out and say, "Okay, this is my brand. I'm a different person from that. And so you don't see quite the consistency that you've been bringing to the game. For me, it's, I can't separate the two. There's an old saying, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Mm. I love what I do. My kids are involved in it. My kids look for houses. They love to go look at real estate, look at you know up and comings. And so for me, it's just ingrained and it's what we love to do. It's part of my life. So I don't think I'll ever separate the two. Yeah, that's great. And that's a great way to live, especially if you can bring the kids into it give them an appreciation for what you do. So they know when maybe when dad's a little late to the game or when, you know, got to stay a little late or work a little late or whatever the case might be, they know, oh, okay, he's not just out there doing something that is theoretical. They know, okay, he's probably trying to find a house or get to a house or get somebody, you know, I find in my line of work, I I do a lot of loans. The people you work with, they want to tell you stories. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got an appointment that goes from 4.15 in the afternoon to 5.15 in the afternoon, well, it might go a little longer because this is a big deal to people when they're looking for their home and when they want to get into a new home, they need to tell you their story because they feel like that's going to help you understand where they're coming from and what they need and how the best work for them. Absolutely. Especially when dealing with families, because I now understand the intricacies of family. I have five kids. So, you know, when I meet a family that has three or four kids, I understand what they're going through. And so, you know, I'll sit and talk with the kids sometimes, you know, what do you want in your room? So it helps me better serve them. Yeah. And that's really good to have that perspective because if you don't have that perspective, you can't have the sensitivity and and really help your client get to their goal, which is just an awesome place to live for everybody involved. Absolutely. I know we talked a little bit about where you got your inspiration working at the Chevy dealership, but uh, you got your inspiration there. Is there anywhere when you became a real estate agent that you looked at, whether it was inside the industry or not, is there anywhere else you kind of pulled your inspiration for becoming the bow tie house hunter? Yeah. 
There's a couple of agents online that really inspired me. You know, they really stick to their brand. They really are dynamic in what they do. And it's funny because when I met them, I introduced myself and they, oh, I know who you are. And I'm like, really? You know who I am? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think that we all pull inspiration from somewhere. And I think that if in this industry, especially, you have to look at others to see what they're doing, but not everything will work for you specifically. Mm. You have to tweak it. Right. So I can't do exactly what Daniel Gluckin does. He's dynamic at what he does. He's mm. the industry leader when it comes to social media. Okay. But I can tweak it and find what works for me and use it to my advantage. Right. Yeah. And another important thing is to maybe find a brand and tell me what you think about this, but finding a brand that works with you, that's authentic to you, knowing that you're not going to be young forever. Mm -hmm. And I've struggled with that a little bit because when I got into my first career as a photographer, I was right out of school. It's what I went to college for. And I was excited about it. I did it for 25 years. And I was usually for the first five years, the youngest person at whatever it was I was attempting to do. And that was annoying to me at the time because I, I felt like I had to constantly work harder. But then as it does, time passes. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a brand at that point. I didn't need to. I wasn't in that kind of work. But with you trying to stand out with where you are now in your career, having the brand that you've cultivated is something that can have some longevity. What would you say to people who are maybe working on a brand right now that they might in five, six years age out of? In this business and any business, especially in sales, you have to find a way to stay innovative in car sales. I mean, I was in car sales for almost 15 years. You got to stay innovative. When COVID hit, going virtual was no problem for me. Before doing this, when I worked in the car business, one of my jobs was the BDC director, which is business development, which we did all the online stuff. So being online, you know, having Zoom and Google Meet and Teams, that was stuff I had on my phone already. Okay. Um, so the changeover was really easy for me. Now, for a lot of people, they struggled because they weren't used to this platform. They weren't used to doing it. And so... Anything that you do, you have to be innovative, but you also have to be dedicated to it. There'll be lulls where it's not going to be as productive, but if you stick with it and you stay committed to it, it's going to come around. The other thing is you have to be, and I'm thinking of the best word to say this because it's not just committed to it, but you know, it has to be somewhat organic because yeah. if you're forcing it, it's never going to work. It's never going to hang around. But if it's organic, if it's truly who you are, it'll always be there. Right. So if you had to give some inspiration or advice to, let's say there's agent, they just got their license a few months ago and they've been really hard at work studying all the things you got to say, learning all the thousands of little bits of information you got to, what you guys do is complicated. And there are a lot of moving parts to it. And so it's reasonable to expect someone who's new at it to have been concentrating on all of that. Mm -hmm. And so now they're listening to this podcast and they're thinking, well, man, okay, now I've got to come up with a brand. That's fine. I got to figure out a way to like stand apart from the crowd. So where do I even start with that? What advice would you give to that person who just had that thought right now? What part, find a part of it that you love. You know, that one piece that you love, whether it be just searching for the house, 
whether it be listing the house, staging the house, find that part that you love and then focus on that and then build the rest from there because you got to have a foundation. So for me, it's finding that house. That's the one I try to really hone in and listen to what my people tell me in our interviews to know, okay, when we go out, I'm going to show you three or four houses and not saying that they'll find it in those three or four, but I'm hoping that I've narrowed it down enough that they'll say, Hey, yeah, you really hit the mark with this one, but I want this part a little different. So the next time we go out, you know, I've really honed it in. So that's the part that I love and that's the foundation. And then I build from there. Yeah, that's great because you get feedback and the more you get feedback, the more you can bring your experience into understanding their feedback and bringing that into, like you said, the next thing that you show them because, and do you ever get that feedback and you say, okay, well, that's a unicorn. It doesn't exist. Oh yeah. All the time. (laughs) Or it doesn't exist for your price range. Yes. That would be probably the best part. And every once in a while, you do have to have those tough conversations. I've got some clients right now in the market and I'm telling them, Hey, just hold on. Cause what you need and what you want aren't out there right now. And those are tough conversations to have because you're dealing with somebody's hopes and dreams. You know, they built up to this point, they're excited. And then you're kind of poking a hole in it and deflating them just a little bit. But uh, you have to have those conversations in order for them to get the ultimate goal. You have to kind of coach them and and guide them. But I think that that comes along with trust. They Mm -hmm. have to trust you in order to do that. Right. Yeah. And would you say when we are talking, if we take it back to the branding piece, a lot of what branding does is cultivates that relationship and a little bit of that trust even before they've had that first conversation with you. So they already know that, oh, they, they've at least heard of you, which means you must be doing good things. So they should listen to you and in maybe listening just a little bit closer to you than they would to someone else because they've got that recognition, they're going to fall into that trust level with you a lot faster. Have you found that to be the case? Oh, absolutely. You know, especially in our business referrals somebody refers you, you've already got a leg up on that trust factor. But, you know, you think about it, no one goes to Target because they think they're going to get a bad product. Their brand speaks for themselves. And so you have to kind of build that same thing. And I I say that I'm getting to that point. I wouldn't say I'm there yet. There's an old sales adage, I'm green and growing. So I'm always learning. I'm constantly trying to adapt it to make it, you know, a little bit better and tweak it so that I can continue to grow it. And I can continue to grow the brand, of course. Yeah. Well, I got to say you look fantastic today. Thank you. you. Thank you. I love that red bow tie is popping right off of the the neutral shirt. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's my thing. I love red is probably my favorite color. And so it, I think it goes with a lot, but, uh, even my truck logos are red. Yeah. I noticed that. I saw it when I pulled up and I got to ask how many bow ties do you own? Ooh, it probably upwards of 50. Okay. I'd say, yeah, at least because I have at least three or four tie racks that are full. Wow. Do you have any that are the, okay, this is the closing bow tie or the, the power bow tie? Yeah. I've got a couple of lucky ones. Okay. Um, yeah. I've got one that's a, it's camo and you know, that goes with the whole house hunter thing for me. That's I love cool. camo and then I deal with a lot of vets. Yeah. So that one is special to me. And I definitely wear it to my VA closings because my vets really get a kick out of it. That's awesome. I was thinking that, but I'm glad you said it because that ties in so great. I can tell you. So I was a photographer, as as I mentioned, and I did a lot of weddings in mm-hmm. that time when I was taking pictures, uh, probably over a thousand weddings under my belt. 
And that is one of the biggest Achilles heels of a grown man is to figure out how to put on a bow tie. And I never understood because I used to wear a bow tie when I was at the weddings because I would have to do a lot of, I wanted to look (laughs) professional, but I didn't want to wear a long tie because I might have to lay on the ground or I might have to be doing a lot of things where I could get wrapped up in a regular (laughs) necktie. So I wore a bow tie. It looked like I was ready for a party, but I was very agile. I could move my arms anywhere I wanted. Didn't have to worry about camera straps or anything getting caught up. And so it was great. And then I would get to the room where the grooms were getting ready. And you think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. They would be on YouTube, on their phones, looking at the tutorial of how to put on a bow tie. Unless they just have one of those that was a a clip on and you put it on. Thank goodness most of them had those. But you could tell the guys who had the real, or there was the one groomsman who knew how to do it Mm -hmm. because he went to social events a good bit. And so he had to do everyone's bow tie. Now I can't tie it on someone else. I don't know why, you know, I can tie a regular tie on someone else, but tying a bow tie on somebody else is probably the most difficult thing unless I stand behind you and do it like I'm doing it on me. And then it's always too loose if you Uh do that. But I learned from YouTube. Okay. I did too. I mean, no shame in that. It was a long time ago, but it was... Tell me if you agree with this, but some YouTube videos just make it way too complicated. They do. They do. And I don't remember the guy's name. I'd have to look through my history and see. But there's one guy who made it really simple. Yeah. And I watched his video probably a dozen times. And I was on the sales floor at the Chevy store and we were slow. I was like, you know, I'm just going to watch this video. So I pull it up and I'd sit there and I'd tie it and untie it and tie it. And I've also found that if you're learning how to do it, the material matters. Yes. The silkier the tie, the better it is and the easier it is to learn how to tie it. Because if you get one like this that has a little bit of a pattern, a little bit of roughness, it won't slide as easy. So you have to struggle a little bit more. That's true. Even once you figure out how to tie it, the one thing I've noticed that is critical is just getting the length correct. Mm-hmm. You know, for size for your neck. Otherwise, it's huge and it looks like Bozo the Clown or it's too small if you get that link too small. So it's really critical to get that part right. And you can only do that by trial and error, really. And the funny thing is, when I first started doing it and I really got into it, my mom sent me a photo of me when I was probably like two years old and I had on a bow tie. And she said, you used to wear bow ties all the time as a kid. She was like, you chose to wear bow ties. Whoa. And she was like, so it's just ironic that you've now... <laughs> Started wearing it again, and I was just like, huh, I had no clue. Yeah, you came at it like really organically, (laughs) yeah, way more organically than even you knew at the time. That's fantastic. That's super cool. When you go, it's on a Saturday and you're going to one of your kids' events, instead of wearing the bow tie, do you wear the shirt with the bow tie? I either have, you know, a t-shirt with the logo on it, sweatshirt, probably got like half a dozen or a dozen hoodies with it on there. And, you know, I'll throw one of those on, even just in the mornings, taking them to school. That way you can avoid people saying, hey, JC, where's your bow tie? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then socks is another thing that I love. I've okay. probably got mm, a couple of hundred pairs of socks wow. and I've got some socks with bow ties on them. So throw those on if I just got on like just a sweater. And so and people say, where's the bow tie? And I just pull my pants leg up. <laughs> just, there you go. It's concealed carry bow tie day. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. Well, you talked a little bit about what you love about finding homes for people. If you had to boil it down to what's your why, why you like working with clients, do you like working with sellers over buyers? Do you like all of it? Do you like the challenge? What is it that really draws you to it and gets you up out of bed every day? I think it's the challenge. I'm one of those people I like to be challenged. You know, I don't like the boredom of sitting at a desk. 
And this is nowhere near boredom. Every day throws a new challenge, a new level of, hey, this is something that you got to overcome today. And so I love that part about it because it really gets my juices flowing and it keeps me on my toes. And that would probably be my biggest motivation as far as doing the job. But then my kids, you know, everybody, I think everybody says it and it, it almost sounds cliche at this point. You know, my kids are my why, but the flexibility that I've been able to ascertain from this versus, you know, 70 hours in the car business is just so much better. And I might spend 70 hours a week working, but, you know, if I'm working on something and my daughter says, dad, I need help with this, I can stop for a minute and help her with her homework or go for a bike ride. And so those are the things that really motivate me to keep doing it. Yeah, that's great. That's a good why to have because you can always come back to it. You see it Yeah, right there. Yeah. That's awesome. I wanted to talk a little bit today about the branding side, about what motivates you to do it. Let's talk about your kids for just a second, because having built this brand, this identity, and it's like you said a little while ago, you were out with your son and someone called you out as the bow tie house hunter. And he's like, how, how does this person even know you? What you're showing them is really valuable. You're showing them that you can create yourself. You have the power to kind of write your own book in a way. Absolutely. What are some other ways that they've seen that without you actually telling? Because the most powerful thing you can do is show people by example. A lot of times it's, you know, we're in the grocery store, we're, you know, at the movies or something and we run into a past client and, you know, they're, they're like, hey, we love our house, you know, especially the ones. And most recently, you know, we ran into one and they're pregnant. They're having another kid. And okay. so you know, they're like, yes, you know, we moved in last year and, you know, now we're having another one. And so we're so glad you convinced us to get that extra bedroom. And my kids are like, oh, OK, like, you know, yeah. dad helped these people. And that's always a good feeling. That's great. Yeah. And it's so powerful for them to be able to see a third party that they don't know. Mm -hmm. It's not like their grandparents or somebody else saying, oh, your dad works hard. When they see that person come up to you and they don't know who they are, they are just taking their word that everything that they say and all the appreciation they show you, like, oh, that must have come from somewhere. And they don't realize it yet. They'll realize it in like 10, 15 years, maybe. But it's good for them to see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So good for them to see. Well, that's the end of my questions. Is there anything you wanted to talk about today in particular? Not really. I love what I do and I love what I'm doing. Um, one of the projects that we're working on right now that I'm passionate about is uh, I'm part of a nonprofit that's trying to help build affordable housing. And so we're looking at some of the underprivileged areas and trying to buy some land and actually build some houses that people who make, and I hate to say minimum wage, but you know, those hourly jobs can afford to purchase. And so that they can realize home ownership and all the benefits that come with it. Yeah, that's a good point, because I talk to my aunt sometimes. She used to be a builder. She got out of that. She's kind of in, the, in that retirement phase of her life. So but she also used to be a developer. And she's been looking into recently just new technologies for building because materials are so expensive. Have you looked into any of the 3D printed technologies? We haven't looked at the 3D printing yet. We did look at tiny homes. Mm -hmm. We looked at container homes and just trying to find some newer ways to do it cheaper, more affordable, quicker. But I have started looking at the 3D printed homes. I've seen the articles and started reading, but I haven't dove into it too much. But I mean, I'm interested to see how it progresses. Yeah. I know it's become kind of a, a huge thing in a lot of areas. Has it? I haven't kept up with it. So my brother, my younger brother is one of the 3D 
printing professors at Purdue University. Whoa, um, okay. So yeah, he tells me about stuff all the time and he sends me photos of, you know, some project that the kids are working on. Nice. And I call them kids, but I mean, they're almost adults. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I've kept my eye on that. Who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, I, I do believe that some new things are going to be coming out and they're going to really change the game. Yeah. Now, is there a particular organization you're working with that you want to get the word out on here that people could kind of contact for more info? They don't really have a name for say yet. Um, we're still in the organizational phase. Okay. This was something that came about with a couple of agents that I've known for a long time and we all are in the same areas. And so we've just realized the need, you know, rent's going up, you know, people can buy for cheaper than they can rent sometimes. And then there's just not enough out there. There's not even enough rentals out there for some people. So we're just looking at some of these areas. But if anybody needs to wants more information or wants to reach out, they can definitely reach me at the bowtiehousehunter.com. Okay. Or give me a call, find me on social media, and uh, I'll be glad to, you know, put them in touch with the right people. Perfect. It's not hard to find you on social media. No, it's you're, not hard. You're out there. So, <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, I really appreciate you being here for this interview. And, well, I'm at your office, so I really appreciate you having me <laughs> for this interview. And uh, it's been great. I've learned a lot. And it's really cool to talk to someone who has such a developed presence in what you do and such a passion for it. And I want to just call you out for that. It's all your fault that <laughs> you decided to to make this your calling and set such a good example for your industry and also for your family. I think that's amazing. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I have uh, just a few more questions. It's a lightning round. Okay. And I actually prepped you for one of the questions, but... Uh, but I didn't prep you for the other three. Okay. And uh, it's really just an off the top of your head kind of thing. It allows people to get to know you just a little bit more on the lighter side. Okay. And the first one is, what's your favorite podcast? Is there any certain podcast you listen to when you're in your truck? Yes. It's called the Empowerment Podcast. Okay. It's actually run by a guy I went to college with. Well, it's a couple of guys, but one of them I went to college with. And uh, it's really dynamic and it, it's a faith-based, fatherly, just guys talk. Okay. I'm going to put that on the show notes in there. And that's pretty great. What are some of the topics? Um, I mean, they've talked about everything from kids to marriage to, okay. you know, the balance, you know, what's going on politically, what's going on with police brutality, um, you know, just how can we navigate these things? And so, yeah, it's been a blessing and I love them for what they do. It sounds like some great perspective. Yeah, that's definitely. good. That's good. Well, what is your favorite dad joke? You got five kids. You got to have a favorite dad joke. My favorite one is probably the one that my kids hate the most. Why don't you hold hands with Tigger? Why? Because he plays with poo. <laughs> and the cheesier, the better for me. Um, I love that one, but my kids hate it. <laughs> no, I like I've never heard that one before, so I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. And I wish I could take credit for it. In fact, there was a uh, a chef at Conkey in Raleigh that told me that one a long time ago, <laughs> and it just stuck. I like it. That's a really good one. I might have to use it. My kids are a little older, though, so they would just, they'd roll their eyes from the time I would even open my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my kids range from 18 to 2. 
Okay. So, yeah. Okay. 18, 14, 10, six, and two. So okay. yeah, the six-year-old and the 10-year-old, they find my jokes funny. The rest of them are just like, whatever. That's about right. I've got a 17 and a 12-year-old. And so they're both past the age yeah. of like, okay, fine. <laughs> they just humor me. <laughs> What's a favorite book you've ever read? It can be any genre, fiction, nonfiction so this is, again, probably cliche and cheesy. It was a Chip Gaines book. Mm-hmm. It's called Capital Gaines. Okay. I don't know. For some reason, his, I don't know if it's his, his dad humor, his quirkiness. He kind of resonated with me because I find myself with ADD when it comes to certain things. You know, I'm kind of all over the place. I've got a little project over here I'm working on. I've got this and I've got that. And, you know, when you see him on TV, he seems like he's got it all together. But in the book, he tells you, yeah, I'm falling apart. My wife's keeping me together. And so I resonate with that because I definitely go there sometimes. But it was just a really entertaining book for me. And then it had some tidbits in there and some some good insights from an entrepreneur who is balancing dad life, work life, building a brand and, you know, the things that are important. And so, you know, he even talks about passing over some opportunities because they weren't right for the family. Mm. And so I, I really appreciated that perspective when I read that book. That's great. I love asking that question because no one's ever given me the same book yeah. twice. And one of the things, like you said, we started this conversation talking about your brand, your persona, and the way things look on social. Sometimes people look at that and they see the highlight reel on anyone's social feed. And you said that you were reading in this book, this successful entrepreneur and realizing, well, behind the scenes, what what you don't see is the hard work, the struggle, all the things that everybody in that position, I mean, you know how hard you work. And so you can imagine how hard he probably worked, but until you understood the details, you couldn't appreciate it at the full level. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, like you said, we all do watch the highlight reel on social media and it's like, oh man, they've got it together. You know, little do you know, the kids having to melt down right now, you know? And so I've tried to incorporate that into some of my videos. Um, I did a video where I told people, hey, you know, the reason why you see me video in my truck or in the office all the time is because my house can be chaotic, <laughs> you know, and kids screaming, my wife's yelling at them. I'm yelling. You know, um, you know, it just it just happens. But I think that just knowing that and knowing that everybody's going through the same thing gives you some peace of mind that, hey, just hang in there. Keep going. It's going to get better. Yes, it does get better for sure. Well, this is the last question and my favorite. And I always ask this question and I don't think I'll ever stop asking this one. But what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Not to quit. And I know that sounds really cliche again, but I think most people quit right before their breakthrough. Mm. And I've literally been there. You know, I was this close to giving real estate up and just, you know, going back to doing what was comfortable. And then I didn't and it broke through. And so, you know, for me, I got into car sales and I mean, I immediately was successful. That was not the case in real estate. I was not immediately successful. You know, there were some struggles, you know, my first year, I only had two transactions my first year. Okay. Now, granted, I was still working full time mm-hmm. and trying to do real estate full time. And so that juggle with family life and things was not easy, but it was not immediately successful for me. I had to build up to it. Yeah. And then once I did, it just kind of took off from there. So I tell any agent that's just starting out, keep going. Consistency will get you there but you got to just keep going. Don't stop. You'll fail a lot, but fail forward. 
That's really powerful because this podcast, it's a professional development podcast for anyone who helps people buy or sell homes. And everything you just said could really be hitting someone right now, right between the eyes. And, and they're thinking, OK, I was going to give it another week, but now I'll, I'll keep pushing. Yeah, I had a coach who told me he wasn't my coach. He was just visiting our office at the time. And he told me, he said, listen, he said, I have been at the point where I was getting foreclosure letters. I was looking for a repo truck. He said, you know, but it just made me work harder. And he said, and now I'm buying a new truck cash. You yeah. know, so it wow. just keep going. Wow. That's powerful. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much. This has been some great wisdom and I appreciate everything we've talked about in all your time today. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for having me. Thanks so much for listening today. Each week we share valuable content so you can level up your knowledge, skills, and life. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you'd like access to even more content or have someone you'd like to hear on the show, head to houserichpodcast.com and drop us a note. We'll see you back here next week.